and welcome to the Buffs Fave 5, a mini show where we make a list and count it down from 5 to 1. This week we're ranking the top 5 films directed by Antoine Fuqua. I'm your host, Cisco from Misfit Minded. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Misfit underscore Minded. And you can also find me on my website at MisfitMinded.com. So without further ado, let's jump right in, starting with our number 5. So for my number five pick, I'm choosing a movie I hadn't seen until I took up this task of watching all of the Fuqua-directed movies, and that's Tears of the Sun. So this is a movie that he did immediately after his uh, training day success, you know, Denzel winning the Oscar. It's a 2003 film starring Bruce Willis, Cole Hauser, Tom Skerritt, and the beautiful, as always, Monica Bellucci. Um... Basically, what it's about is a special ops team, um, you know, headed by Bruce Willis, gets ordered by Tom Scare's character to go into the jungle, rescue uh, these missionaries, this doctor, uh, basically, um, and and a bunch of her coworkers, and extract them, and that's it. And and what happens is Monica Bellucci you know, puts the spell on Bruce Willis and is like, I'm not leaving uh, unless you take all these people that are um, going to die because, uh, you know, they're going to be slaughtered, basically, if they if you don't help them. So, yeah, I, I, I think one thing I learned from watching uh, all of Fuqua's filmography is that he has a very wide range of different genres that he's worked in which can be a bad thing and a good thing. Uh, in this case, I think him doing a war movie, um, I'm a big fan of that genre in particular. So, you know, Bruce Willis, this is when he was, you know, still in this, in this successful run. Uh, I like the team aspect of it. Everything feels real, feels like you're in the jungle. I don't know where they shot it, but um, it just feels sticky and humid and, um, you know, everyone's on edge, basically. And Bruce Willis has to decide whether he is going to stick with the mission or, you know, let his humanity win. Yeah, there's not as much action as I guess I expected from a Fuqua movie. But again, I think uh, it's more realistic that way. It, it becomes more of a chase movie because they're being tracked and chased down. And they, they kind of just have to survive. So it's it's more of a survival movie than a straight-up war movie. But um, overall, I, I was um, not expecting this to make my top five, honestly. But uh, it's it's a pretty good, pretty good movie, I would say, and uh, one of his best. My number four pick is another first-time watch uh, that, you know, we did on the show, actually, not too long ago for The Buffs. And that is The Replacement Killers. Um, starring Chow Yun-Fat and Mira Servino. This one is about an assassin, you know, the titular replacement killer uh, played by Chow Yun-Fat, who refuses a job um, at the front, um, which would, you know, basically get him out of this life, this hitman life that he wants. But in order to do so, he has to kill the son of an FBI uh, agent played by Michael Rooker. And... You know, this is very John Woo inspired. Uh, this was Chow Yun Fat's first American movie that he made over here, and I think Fuko does a really nice job of kind of translating that style of action um, over 
And I think, you know, some of that has to do with his music video background, I'm sure. Mira Servino is the female lead. And I think, you know, she is, you know, sexy and badass. And we talked about her and, you know, it's very 90s part, but um, she plays a forger that's trying to help um, Chow Yun-fat, you know, get to China uh, and escape, basically. Um, and, you know, while it's not perfect, uh, there's, you know, again, it's a 90s movie and so that means you know the asian lead cannot have a relationship with a white woman and uh you know other aspects that don't necessarily hold up the gun fu in this is top notch um we you know listen to our episode but we, we went into detail about the set pieces um the the choreography everything just feels very visceral and real and um you know, it's that type of filmmaking that you don't get to see that much nowadays. So that's why it's my number four. My number three pick is not one that I was watching for the first time. I actually vividly remember where I saw this um, in the theaters. I was on vacation with my girlfriend at the time. And there was this really nice movie theater complex next to our hotel. And we had some downtime. And I was like, hey, do you want to see Southpaw? I heard it's really good. Uh, we were both fans of Jake Gyllenhaal at the time and you know her the notebook was like her favorite movie so Rachel McAdams you know being the wife in there and I think we were both like blown away at just like how dramatically effective it was and how intense it was and I think you know we come to know that that's like Jake Gyllenhaal's thing now but back then he was still sort of doing these different things um but yeah just very gritty boxing movie um you know very in the, very much in the tradition of like Rocky and films like that, but uh, I think Foucault does a nice job of capturing just like the hard core nature of boxing. Like you feel every hit, and um, you know I like that in this one. Um, you know it's kind of the reverse Rocky formula where he is the champion at the beginning of the movie and. You know, due to some circumstances, he loses his family and, you know, his career basically all in the span of like, you know, a week uh, to a few months. And he has to basically redeem himself as a father, as a boxer and just as a person. And I, I just love sports movies because they can do all of that while still being entertaining and still being action movies. So um, I wanted to shout out Una Lawrence, who plays their daughter uh in this movie i think she was like one of those th uh, standout performances that we just were not expecting to be as affecting um you know those courtroom scenes very tough to watch even though i had seen this movie before and i knew what was coming still was hard to watch and then uh forrest whitaker as the coach who kind of uh brings him in under his wing and mentors him you know their storyline isn't as uh, effective as like the main family storyline it, it felt like they tried to do like two or three movies of boxing movies into one uh and so some stuff works better than others uh, i also think someone could have replaced 50 cent um he's just not a great actor and i know their justification was it for it was that you know he is a boxing promoter in real life they wanted some of that realism but honestly any actor could have done that part um, you know, having the real life announcers like Roy Jones Jr. was enough. Like you didn't need any more realism than that. So, but other than that, Jake Hall is fantastic. Um, just, you know, goes from just this vicious, yoked 
champ to like this like pathetic loser father and um he's equally good at both so i think it was a very tough role but um dylan hall really thrives in those so that's why it's my number three coming in at number two i'm doing a little bit of a cheat here because these are two picks and they're not movies they're technically tv series mini series whatever you want to call them um keeping up with the boxing theme uh one of them is called what's my name and it's a documentary about muhammad ali it's two parts and it's on hbo max or max i guess is what it's called now and um yeah you know i know about muhammad ali i have a poster of him in my living room uh, and you know one of the greatest boxers of all time but i think fuqua again really different documentary is a different style different genre than what we normally see and i think again he you can tell he's really into sports uh really into athletes because of their skill because of their mental determination and so um, i really like how he just let the footage of muhammad ali speak for itself because you know ali was such a gifted speaker at the time you know having all of these rhyme schemes and things to hype up the fights his trash talk um his confidence and just as a political figure um you know i think they say it in the documentary that like he is one of the essential um american figures like he encapsulates so much um with his you know religious you know becoming a muslim um protesting the war and you know being a heavyweight uh you know at a time where you know he wasn't very well liked by the general public they wanted to see him lose and um you know but that just made him more popular and a lot of boxers have taken on that strategy but just none have done it on the same level as muhammad ali so um, i really loved you know watching that and again i think fuko does a nice job of just finding that footage letting it speak for itself you know i i love history and so i think you know muhammad ali has there this was a time when news and media coverage was on video a lot of the time so he just lets it speak for itself and a lot of good interviews with ali and then the other one he did was a hulu series called legacy um which is about you know the lakers dynasty uh, it's 10 episodes and it goes from the beginnings, you know, to where uh, the Bus family, Jerry Bus, bought the team and bought the uh, the forum, you know, the stadium, along with like the Sparks and the soccer team, the Lasers. And it, it kind of outlines just the entire history of the Lakers over 10 episodes, which, again, seems like a lot. Um, but they do a nice job of finding people to interview. I would say it's not, I was sold, um, I was sold on it that it was like succession, you know, with basketball and it's not that good. <laughs> it's not succession level, but I see what they're getting at that. Like this powerful family is having, you know, these power struggles on who is going to take over the organization, things like that. But again, I think this just was uh if you're a fan of history a fan of sports you can't deny that the lakers have a significant um you know part of basketball history even though you know i grew up a lakers hater as as many people did um always wanted to see them lose but you know looking back you know they cover a lot of bases so 
everything from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, the different coaches like Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, and then to Kobe and Shaq and the LeBron era. So, you know, we're talking about 50 years, 40 years of this dynasty and, um, you know, trying to squeeze in that family dynamic. Um, You know, they interview the Buss family, but it's hard to know who to trust you know honestly i think that's part of the problem is uh jerry bus the father wasn't around to be interviewed but again they have all this incredible footage and you know very powerful moments like magic johnson retiring because of his hiv diagnosis and kobe bryant dying the pandemic like all of these moments that i remember as a sports fan um, that just you know seeing it again in this kind of format was very powerful and uh, emotional so yeah I recommend it it's kind of like the last dance I would say that's like probably the better comparison um, and you know it's not again not as good as the last dance because they have all this like locker room footage for the majority of that documentary but uh, it's still very well executed and even people who don't know basketball and don't know the history of the Lakers, this is like a very good entry point, I would say. My number one movie, I don't think it's gonna be a surprise to anybody, but it's Training Day. Uh, The movie that won Denzel the Oscar, his performance still is just amazing. Um, You know, just the, every time I watch it, I just more and more see the conniving, you know, planning that Alonzo does to Jake the entire movie you know he's basically setting him up um and so uh it's very fun to rewatch. and you know that's even just not even counting Denzel's superstar performance where he is just lights out so many quotable lines you know that are just so funny to quote and revisit you know I don't I didn't know you like to get wet <laughs> you know this is the office uh, you know, it's just, um, this was, I think the beginning of people taking Fuqua seriously, like, oh, this guy, um, the way that he captures LA, um, this style and just, you know, the seediness like around every corner that like a person like Jake, you know, starts to become like, oh, you're idealistic. You don't know what life is like. Like you think you're going to be a good cop and, you know, arrest everyone and that's how it's going to be but i think it does a good job of showing that like all levels of power from the judges uh that they meet to the informants and then to just like guys on the street you know drug dealers that alonzo is just using and you know there's a part that you never really get to know you know what you know you know the details of why alonzo is like doing all this stuff like he's basically a guy that's trapped in the situation he's trying to get his way out by any means you know trying to get them raise this money um before he's killed and so that kind of explains and um still doesn't make him like a good guy but again i think that speaks to denzel that like part of you still likes this person and some of his points are valid you know about jake but the end and how everything resolves is just uh just something I'm never going to get tired of, a movie I'm never going to get tired of. And um, this didn't make my top five, but if you watch Brooklyn's Finest, it's fun to see Ethan Hawke kind of play the dirty cop role. Uh, I like to think of it as like an unofficial sequel where, you know, Jake doesn't, 
you know, hold up that good boy cop character and becomes like an Alonzo eventually. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's my top five list. Uh, let me know what you guys think in the comments. Make sure you leave us a review on Apple. Follow the show on Instagram at We Stay Buff. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Misfit underscore Minded. And my website at MisfitMinded.com. Thank you for watching and thanks for listening to the Buffs Fave 5. Stay buff.